Welcome to another episode of the Old Soul Movie Podcast, a show that features backgrounds, reviews, and reflections of some of the most influential movies ever made. And now your hosts, Emma and Jack. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Old Soul Movie Podcast. And tonight, we're not doing a movie. We're actually doing a show. That show, you may ask, I Love Lucy. Yes. Yes, we're doing I Love Lucy, the show that aired from 1951 to 1957, starring Lucille Ball, Desi Arnaz, Vivian Vance, and William Frawley. Emma, how are you tonight on this fine, fine April night? You look a little different currently. It's this kind of glow. I can sense. What is that? What, what what have you done differently with yourself? That would be my second shot of the COVID vaccine, which I received this morning. Um, I'm not doing too hot, you guys. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Second dose is definitely starting to hit me. So we're taking a little break from kind of an in-depth movie look because I'm not feeling too hot. So uh <laughs> I might not sound as chipper or whatever as typical, but I'm going to power through this. And I know that Jack has put a lot of love into prepping this one for us. So I can't wait. (laughs) I've put the most love, the most work into making sure that this is the best episode that we can provide for you all in the old soul fam. So uh, yeah, very excited to cover this one. This is actually one that I have seen. I know I get a lot of slack for that. (laughs) in some of the other movies, almost all of them. But this is one that I have actually seen. I actually really enjoy it. It may have some sort of dated uh, themes that go on through it. We're going to be covering the most famous episode that is job switching from season two, episode one, but excited nonetheless. Emma, have you seen this, uh, this episode before? And what about it really stands out to you? Oh, yes, I sure have seen it before. Uh, I probably saw it when I was younger, you know, just typical watching old shows. This one probably popped on and it's iconic. The Chocolate Factory scene. Who doesn't recognize that iconography? But it wasn't until I was in college and I minored in women's and gender studies, by the way. And in one of my women's and gender studies classes, we took a good hard look at this episode and I really (laughs) looked at it with... um, way more wise eyes (laughs) and a difficult one because it is so famous, but I think that it speaks to cultural message that was being transcribed during that early fifties time. And this definitely has a larger, larger message with expectations of gender roles, especially at that point in society so that's kind of my, where I'm coming from with it. So it's, it's a hard one to enjoy for me. I'll be honest, but I think that it is something I guess worth looking at. It is such a famous episode and yeah, I'll be honest, like the, the whole chocolate factory gag scene. It's, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say I'm coming at it from an entertainment, a pure entertainment standpoint. Of course, there are some things that do not, translate necessarily well to 2021. But bear in mind, 
that this originally started again in 1951. For those of you who may not know what I Love Lucy is about, the show follows the life of Lucy Ricardo, a young middle-class housewife in New York City who often concocted plans with her best friends, Ethel and Fred Mertz, to appear alongside her band leader husband, Ricky Ricardo, in his nightclub, trying numerous schemes to mingle with or be part of show business. So, yes, this was a huge, huge show back in the day. And it was one of the most watched shows in the United States in four of its six seasons. And it was the first to end its run at the top of the Nielsen ratings. Uh, as of 2011, episodes of the show have been syndicated in dozens of languages across the world and remain popular with an American audience of 40 million each year. It was also the first scripted television program to be shot on 35 millimeter film in front of a studio audience by cinematographer Carl Frund, who won five Emmy Awards and received numerous nominations and honors. It was also the first show to feature an ensemble cast. So I think this show really did lay a lot of the sort of groundwork for shows to follow. It's, it is quintessential Americana, I think, in a lot of ways. I, I do think that even though it does have some very outdated uh, themes, not extremely feminist at times, it still does follow Lucy. Like Lucy is the the main character. Literally the show is named after her. So <laughs> I think it is is cool to to follow that and see sort of how that progression was sort of in the mid-century and what we might be able to learn from that nearly 70 years later. So it's wow. pretty it's pretty crazy to think of it in terms of that. And yeah, like it it's also surprising how many of the jokes gags do uh, translate and which ones don't because some of the things are very kind of of the time of the era some of the references but some of the things are just absolutely iconic and classic so <laughs> um yeah I, and i think that this job switching episode really uh I, I i'm trying to think of why exactly this episode in particular was the most popular but i can see why you know what i mean like i think right. that there's still a lot of stuff that it's just it's entertaining at the end of the day like every show I feel like in, in the past had some sort of moral, some sort of lesson that you had to learn. I'm thinking of Leave it to Beaver, which <laughs> was also one of our uh, one of our favorite sort of television episodes <laughs> that we've covered here. But this one seemed to, you know, it had a, a lesson, but it was, I think, just more about the entertainment at the end of the day, even if the lesson was kind of murky, definitely murky <laughs> in today's era. Yeah, well, I think that this is a particularly interesting episode, given that a few episodes later, you would have uh, the episode where it's revealed that Lucy's pregnant, which was very risque at the time, even though she's a married woman. To feature a woman and acknowledge that she was pregnant was definitely a very bold move. So it's kind of weird to have something that feels so hyper-traditional and something that is so progressive within the same season. Uh, on that note, because we were trying to figure out what episode to cover, and I did want to cover the one where she was going to tell Ricky that she's pregnant. And some of the episodes are missing. So it's they're a little bit hard to find. You can watch a good amount on Hulu, but uh, not not that big one. So sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, for those of you who would like to watch this without having to to pay or to have to subscribe to some nonsense streaming service like Paramount Plus, then you could actually find this episode if you Google I Love Lucy job switching full episode. And under the four 
five kind of first results for videos. Uh, this is on Google, if you're using Google, then you can find it under Daily Motion. Daily Motion, the user Florian Pfeiffer has the entire episode uh, uploaded there. So you will not miss out if you do not subscribe to a streaming service. It's still very possible to, uh, to find it. So give it a Google, watch the episode and enjoy with us. Enjoy and um, hopefully we'll have some laughs and a good time along the way. So, uh, so yeah, Emma, any sort of other background stuff before we just jump right back into the, uh, the rewatch? No, really just echoing what you said. I, I love Lucy was a culturally defining show of the fifties. I mean, every American watched it. It was just one of those things that everyone did. So, and it, you know, Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball, they really were this power couple in pioneering this TV world that, of course, we've talked about kind of taking over or shifting, which would eventually influence the movie industry, which we've mentioned several times on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So I think it's worth watching the show if you've never seen it, just to see the dynamics, the humor, what was so popular to get a better understanding of a different period in time. So yeah, without further ado, I can't wait to talk about this episode in depth. Of course, of course. So roughly the synopsis of this episode is that after Ricky and Fred get upset about the girls spending, Lucy and Ethel go to work in a candy factory while the boys do the housework. Okay, so pretty simple premise, pretty simple premise right off the bat. But you can see how we might be getting into some murky territory here in today's day and age. Uh, Hashtag feminism, hashtag, uh, you know, gender roles stereotypes (laughs) and this definitely is one where uh if you're not ready for that in advance get ready maybe skip this one uh (laughs) just just watch this one with that in mind folks watch it with that in mind and understand it's almost 70 years after the fact well but think about it this was the 50s so this is like Okay, so World War II ends in mid-40s, right? Now we're here like six-ish years later. It's just fascinating to see that during the war, these women were taking factory jobs. It was a norm to work outside the house and be that role. We kind of talked about it in our Face in the Crowd episode. You see that advertising is shifting more towards women in the home, and you see episodes like this (laughs) that are putting this narrative of, you know, it's separate but equal and women are kind of molded for this and men are molded for that. And I don't know, you just see, I just think it's worthwhile to note that during the war, we had these expectations and roles normalized for women. And then now we do this kind of regression uh, just a few years later. And then we would then see the women's movement later. I don't know. You, It's just cool to look at it, I guess, the cycles of time and just document it, I guess. <laughs> That's a great point that you bring up. I'm thinking Rosie the Riveter, obviously, right off the bat. I mean, I don't think Rosie would have any trouble wrapping some candy. No. uh, Even if the conveyor belt was going a million miles an hour, as we will soon see. But yeah, I do wonder if maybe the uh, the 50s sort of set the stage for that next wave of feminism. And, you know, with messages like this being kind of thrown out to the uh, the general populace, (laughs) if that sort of had any impact on how those sort of trends continued. So uh, here we go, the rewatch. So Ricky learns about some of Lucy's bounce checks and blows his stack. (laughs) That is his uh, 
temper. <laughs> the girls <laughs> minimized the problem while the boys tried them for lying around the house, quote unquote, and quote, playing canasta, quote, which I have no clue what canasta is. <laughs> Do you know I, what that is? Let's Google it. Well, let's see what our good friend Google says. Oh, yes. It's a card game in the rummy family. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Essentially, the guys are upset at them for lying around the house and playing rummy or canasta. Both think that the others have it easy. So Lucy challenges Ricky and Fred to swap roles with her and Ethel for the week. The bet is on. In his role as a house husband, Ricky serves an almost perfect breakfast the next morning. Eggs, ham, potatoes, orange juice, and exquisitely brewed coffee. But Lucy's amazement quickly turns to disdain when she answers the phone and tells Ricky to pick up his hat, which he left at the corner drugstore lunch counter after picking up the two breakfast orders. So, okay. All right. Here we go. It, it begins. Um, <laughs> all the sort of nonsense with being able to cook a breakfast. Anyone can do this. Oh, it's natural. I'm a, I'm a chef. I'm a, it's just intuitive. But also kind of the very stereotypical, like women spend all the money. Emma, what do we think about this? Oh, I don't like er it. Earners versus the spenders, or as uh, what's his face calls it, Fred. Fred. Yes. Or as Fred says, the husbands and the wives. Ooh, that's dagger. Emma's not happy at that one. I can already tell. (laughs) What What do we have to to say about this one, Emma? I don't love it. Um, but you know what? I It makes me think of maybe more modern episodes uh, of shows like Curb Your Enthusiasm when Larry and Cheryl are out to dinner with their friends and the wife is a stay-at-home mom and the husband has a more traditional like office job or something and Larry only thinks the husband and the, it makes me think of things like that. Right. Uh, it also makes me think of Even now, fast forward a little bit more. There was a recent episode in this current season of Shameless and Mickey and Ian are a gay couple and two cisgendered males. And they had a debate about the woman in the relationship being the person that works more and earns less money. Uh, I don't know. It was just so it's just interesting to see these different narratives over the years and the gendering and the stereotyping. That's where my mind goes with this. Okay. Okay. I can I can get down with that. Yeah, I mean it, it feels just so out of place to a, a modern viewer. I feel like a lot has obviously changed since 1952. Uh that is September 15th, 1952, if we're going to be exact on what the air date was. But yeah, it's just like, this is a really interesting kind of topic because it really gets into, uh, to jobs, expectations, society. Yeah. And like, that was very clearly the expectation at that time. And it does take a while for things to change. Like generations, it does take a while for people to kind of get integrated into different roles. And even nowadays, like I'll see things on Twitter where there'll be these women kind of going in for maybe they're investors or they're involved in tech and they go into a new office where they're meeting clients and the people at the office, the men will just automatically assume she's there for like a secretary position or something that isn't quite as, uh, I guess, prestigious as uh, some other jobs. And so it really gets into this interesting dynamic there. Totally. 
I did a diversity webinar and the spokeswoman, she was talking about uh, her own kid and how we get so many microaggressions all the time. And even, even kids start to pick up on this right away. Uh, one of her kids, I guess, was asking her about her job and she was talking about her boss, who is a woman. And her little boy goes, w- women can be bosses. Uh, and so it just, it really shows you how quickly kids pick up onto these stereotypes and roles and these messages. So I think we're in the process of changing them. But yeah, can you just imagine being an audience in the 1950s or even a woman maybe coming from your, I don't know, factory job, or maybe you were in the baseball league. I don't know. And then to watch something like this, that would be so frustrating. Yeah. It's a huge step back in a lot of ways, I feel. Yeah, like. and it's and it's equally insulting to men. Men right. can cook breakfast. Go cook your I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I enjoy I enjoy making breakfast. And I mean, I know it's it's at the at the end of the day, it's all entertainment, but at the same time, like you you are reinforcing certain yeah. stereotypes and certain roles, so you have to be careful. Like that is the role that media plays. It really programs the public. It programs people. Like I just heard this recently in a, another podcast that I thought was really interesting. Like if the way that this person described it was that code sort of programmed computers and media programs people. And so to think about that in the context from the beginning of media, like, of course, like you're constantly programming people uh, that I feel like has been happening much longer than just re- regular kind of computer programming. So we do have to be really careful with what we what we throw out there. Like we all love, <laughs> I love Lucy at the end of the day, or we all find this like very, very funny. But I think if you don't keep certain things in mind, then we're going to have a, a problem on our hands potentially. So keep that in mind, folks. Keep that in mind. All right. So moving on, Ethel walks in and the two march out the door to go job hunting at the employment agency. Mr. Snodgrass grills Lucy and Ethel about their work qualifications and finally settles on candy making at home. Ricky and Fred aren't coping very well with the household chores. Fred has dropped the dishes on the floor. Both of them have left iron-shaped burn marks on the clothing, and Ricky starches Lucy's nylons into a piece of cardboard. At the candy factory, the forewoman sternly instructs Lucy in the candy dipping department. Lucy watches the woman next to her as she deftly picks up a cream center, drops it into a puddle of chocolate, rolls it, covers it with chocolate, and sets it aside, making a swirl design on top. With a big smile, Lucy tries to imitate the woman and smears her fingers in the chocolate on the slab of marble with the abandon of a child making mud pies. (laughs) She finally manages to complete one and drops it into the finishing tray with a flourish. It's a misshapen mess. Hey, this is fun, she says. (laughs) I don't know what this this. Okay, guys, we're reading this from the I Love Lucy fandom page, and I appreciate them putting this out there, but it's a little nonsensical at points. So bear with us. Anyways, um, yeah, we we finally get to see kind of the uh, the difficulties maybe of getting back integrated into the workforce, I'd say. Maybe that's one way of putting it. Um, being out of the workforce for a while for uh, Lucy and Ethel. But yeah, this is kind of our first big moment of the, I guess, the stereotype of, oh, I can't really do this with the guys at the house and the women in the factory kind of having no clue like both of the both of the parties are kind of out of their comfort zones in a while and i can see emma's frustration maybe it's the vaccine 
kicking in. But um, <laughs> yeah, this is uh, kind of the next progression of the theme. Here's what I think is interesting. All this attention is called on how Lucy and Ethel suck at this job. But at the same time, I feel like in a weird way that totally distracts from that. We have two very capable women working at this factory. We have a boss for a woman. We have a candy maker who, in fact, was a real candy maker, chocolatier. I'm not really sure the exact job name at Seize Candies. So we see two capable women, and yet the emphasis is put on these women just flubbing up. So I think that that's kind of a weird takeaway that we like. And, and I mean, hey, I, I do it too. My focus is on how they're just stuffing chocolate in their mouth and making the chocolate mud pie or whatever. But you don't focus on, wow, look at those two other women being bosses in the workforce or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got some bad bitches up in here. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, no, it's very true. And honestly, I didn't even think of that, which goes to show like that went completely over my head that there were two other women that were very capable in their jobs and being a boss and, uh, you know, dipping the chocolate and doing what they got to do. So, yeah, pretty crazy to to have that takeaway when there's clearly evidence to the counterpoint. So, um, by the way, the woman that does play their boss at the candy factory, she also plays the librarian in Breakfast at Tiffany's, the one that's all like, shh. Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah a little typecasting there with that HBIC role. Hey, hey better to be typecast than not cast, you know what I mean? And so, <laughs> yeah, I, I do love kind of the uh, the interaction, though, between Lucy and that other factory worker when they're kind of smearing the chocolate on each other's mm-hmm. face. You can see the other, the worker smiling and just kind of not breaking character, but kind of breaking character. And I don't know, I just thought it was kind of a fun, lighthearted scene. And it is pretty funny. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, like the, the guys are fine, but the the stars of the show, of course, are Lucy and Ethel. Like they're they're the ones that really have the uh, I don't know the bright shiny moments, and those were the ones that I had actually seen uh, before. Some in school, some in school. Like I I watched this episode in school before. So um, for women's and gender studies, <laughs> believe it or not, it was a marketing class. Oh, so, I see. <laughs> yeah, and I can't even remember why we watched it, but we did, and I loved it. And so we move on. A fly then lands on the other woman's face. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, guys, we kind of jumped the gun. A fly then lands on the other woman's face, and Lucy, her hand covered with chocolate, takes a swipe at it, leaving a brown splat on the other woman's face. Her coworker promptly smacks Lucy back, leaving her face completely covered with chocolate. They exchange more and more swats until they are both dripping in chocolate. The boys, meanwhile, have completely ruined dinner. Fred makes a seven layered cake that is flatter than a pancake, while Ricky's chicken and ride concoction sends several poultry carcasses into the ceiling. Back at the candy factory, Lucy and Ethel have been demoted to the wrapping department. As the candy enters the room by way of conveyor belt, their job is to wrap each piece of paper and return it to the belt. If one piece gets past you and into the packing room unwrapped, you're fired, warns the foreman. (laughs) Let her roll, she yells. At first, the candy comes through at an easy pace, but the belt speeds up and the pieces (laughs) double in volume. To keep up, Lucy starts to put some of them next to her, and she gulps down others. Mercifully, the belt stops, but the two hear the four women coming. They frantically gather up all the loose pieces, dropping them into their cook's caps. Scrutinizing their progress, she says, 
Fine. You're doing splendid. Speed it up a little, she shouts. The speed and quantity of chocolate on the conveyor belt had become preposterous as Lucy and Ethel each gather up all the pieces and stuff them down their blouses. Holding their aching stomachs as they walk through the front door at home, Lucy finds a note. Please do not go into the kitchen until we explain. We'll be back in a few minutes. Lucy can't resist going in, and in a primal scream, comes from the kitchen as she runs back out, describing the mess on the floor, the walls, and the ceiling. Emma. Okay, this seems pretty funny. I mean, I'll be honest. It's a classic. It's hilarious. It's so funny. It, first of all, from a writing standpoint, you know, the stakes are raised a little bit. Like, you know, screw this up and you're fired. This is kind of their last shot to prove their husband's wrong. Mm-hmm. And then the conveyor belt starts off easy. And so you're on this high and then it starts speeding up and then you're on the low with them. So right. it's uh, it's just so funny, the, the gulping down the chocolate. <laughs> yeah, it, it is hilarious, honestly. And uh, the marketing class that I did watch this in, it was a big class. There was maybe 200 people in it. And a lot, if not everybody, was laughing at the scene it, it still holds up to a very modern yeah. audience and so i think that that might be why this episode in particular is one that is commonly thought of as maybe the best maybe the most popular fa- famous whatever you want to call it because of this scene it's this conveyor belt scene and watching them try to keep up with the speed <laughs> it's just it gets so ridiculous and you're kind of thinking like oh i could do that as it's going <laughs> and then it just gets absurd and so, um, yeah, watching them try to eat the chocolate to to take it off the, the belt and then like into their caps. And it, it's just it's great. That's just a two when they were kind of getting away with it. And the boss comes in. She's like, yeah. you're doing great. You're just it, it's just so funny. It's just it really yeah. the, the comedic timing is great on it. And you're so right. It does translate really well. Everyone loves to see someone in peril for humor. <laughs> it, it's so it's so relatable in some ways. Like, I don't know. I think that anytime you have something that humanizes somebody or something that you can relate to, just like a very natural human experience. And I think that uh, the thing that is interesting, I think about this episode, maybe I Love Lucy in general and TV shows versus the movie relationships of the 50s was just how popular these shows were. And like we mentioned kind of before, how many Americans and how many people watched this show and were tuned in very different than movies. And I think the fact that you need to have a very tight plot, um, maybe it's even something like Bewitched and just shows in general, like everything needs to be very well written. Very succinct. Very succinct. Exactly. And so, yeah, this is a great scene. At the very least, at the very least, maybe if you don't have time for the entire episode, go watch the scene. Oh yeah. I'm sure it's on YouTube. I can't confirm that, but I I would be Willing to wager. Uh, in the words of uh, Captain Renault from Casablanca, I would be shocked, shocked if it was not on YouTube. And so, um, yeah, definitely go check it out. It's uh, just such a great scene, iconic, iconic. And also the the guys. I, I think the rice scene is kind of funny. I mean, uh, yeah. and keep in mind these were all done with a live audience too, which is pretty cool. So the the first part of the character Ricky's slipping on the rice was unscripted, but that one got such a good reception that he did it again for, for more laughs. Uh, and it just goes to show you how interesting it is to have a live audience and how that can mold and shape things. Look at comedians. They thrive on that energy of their audiences, but also I don't know 
who out there or how far into WandaVision you are, Jack. But Not at all. Oh, okay. If you like old shows, watch WandaVision. I am not a Marvel expert by any means. I needed some assists <laughs> with understanding exactly what was going on. But I truly appreciated that show because they did it in a style of an older TV show every episode. So their 50s one was kind of... I think like Dick Van Dyke-ish, maybe a little I Love Lucy-ish. And I think they did film it in black and white with a live audience. So that was just a really cool homage. And you can see how that, I don't know, that format can stick with you for even if you're not used to it this Mm -hmm. day and age. I think that was something very uh, noteworthy that I kind of noticed when watching was how the actors sort of slip lines like occasionally. It wasn't all the time, but it was... Mm -hmm like maybe twice or three times during the during the show i was like did they not like re-record this uh well like why did they keep those takes and uh it makes sense obviously when you think about like the live audience and it does give it sort of a, a different feel almost like kind of reminding you that you're watching a show it's like i don't know kind of a weird like meta experience yeah and so I enjoyed it. I, I really liked that. And uh, I I kind of wish that we saw more of like those natural slip ups. And um, I'll definitely give WandaVision a uh, a look just in please. I, I don't I don't know if like they have any of those, but highly um, recommend. Well, I don't think so. But still, regardless, yeah, highly, highly recommend. Of course, of course. And I, I even mentioned like I, I texted you sort of a few of my notes while watching and um, one of them was that I think I'd actually this is a text that I sent you. I think I'd actually have a breakdown if I lived in the 50s. <laughs> and that is because it's so close to being modern, yep. but you're still missing so many amenities. Yeah. Like there's still so many things that within the last, I feel like 20 years, especially, we take so much for granted. And oh, yeah. Had no- nothing, none of that. And it just seems like such a slower kind of life and so different in the fact that, like, Oh, I'm just going to go to the employment office. I don't know if that's how it actually was, but like, imagine, imagine that. Um, it's just, it's kind of crazy to to think about, and I just feel like I would kind of just slowly go crazy, uh, lose my <laughs> mind with kind of the not monotony, but just like the routine, maybe. Of, yeah. And that could just be me, 2021 Jack, nitpicking here, 70 years in the past, but. Uh, it doesn't feel that far removed where it's like, oh my gosh, this was like ancient Greece or some, I don't know, right. something crazy like that. But the last 100 years, n- not even, yeah, like 100 years from today. Like the 1920s weren't even that long ago compared to- I was to going Greece. to say, even wings felt relatively modern compared to, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, other the, things. The, the haircuts, I, I truly do believe in like the, the cyclical nature of kind of trends and fashion. Yes, I would totally. not be surprised if like, shorter hair comes back in style for women it definitely did i feel like during the 2008 ish years with posh and her pixie cut and paris hilton with hers thinking kate plus eight maybe sure (laughs) oh man maybe not so but yeah 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 i wouldn't i wouldn't be shocked either if we were you know reliving the roaring 20s (laughs) What, what what was the name of that guy again the actor from wings Buddy Rogers. Yeah, Buddy Rogers. So like looking at Buddy Rogers, for example, he looks like he's straight out of 
Brooklyn, like hipster Brooklyn, or I don't even know, Wicker Park, maybe in Chicago, Arts District in LA. I'm trying to think of hipster communities here, but like he doesn't look that out of place. So very thought provoking to keep all these things in mind. So yes, uh, moving on to the very, very final moment of the show. When Ricky and Fred return, they admit that they're lousy housewives and want to call the whole thing off. When the girls agree, Fred and Ricky show their appreciation by presenting each of the girls with a five pound box of chocolates. And it comes full circle. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Emma's like, all right, enough of that nonsense. No, this no, is no, what's no. wrong with this. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, nat- naturally, my first response is that's a really weird takeaway. It's an awful takeaway from a 2021 standpoint. Maybe the obvious takeaway isn't how I want to look at it. I'm choosing to look at this like, you know what? Everyone is suited for different jobs and roles. It really depends on what makes you happy. If Ethel and Lucy feel happy in their roles at home, more power to them. Keep it going. If the guys are happy with their jobs, you know, have at it, guys. I think it's a struggle when this episode in a way kind of promotes that you can't do something. So I think that you can look at this as do what makes you happy. <laughs> yeah. And if you weren't happy with the uh, the message of men should work and women should stay at home from I Love yes. Lucy, yes. then <laughs> another message you might be able to take out of the Old Soul Movie Podcast is just, and this was a tweet, not original, but the only real test of intelligence is if you get what you want out of life. And I actually think that's kind of true. I was thinking yeah. about that on the walk this morning. Like, there are a lot of ways to happiness in life, but if you really get what you want out of it, then what more could you ask for? Right. And you know what? And I want to, yeah, let's let the record state Lucy and Ethel are smart, they are intelligent. Absolutely. I mean, Lucille Ball is iconic. And right. I, I think we should definitely give her an actress spotlight. I think we should give. I Love Lucy, just the actual show, not just like a brief episode, sort of its own kind of do, do dive, maybe due diligence, its own spotlight. Yeah, because it molded our society for a little bit. (laughs) Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, a lot of these shows did, like I said, and like we both said, it laid the foundation for a lot of stuff today. I mean, look at WandaVision, for example. So that's just one uh, aspect. But yeah, I, I love watching this. It's very easy, very simple. If you don't have time to devote to a movie <clears throat> like Wings, maybe like two and a half hours, um, then definitely watch this one. Very, very manageable and, uh, and enjoyable. Just keep everything we had to say in mind about uh, gender roles and maybe the overall message of the show. And remember, at the end of the day, it's entertainment, folks. Yes. Emma, any parting thoughts before we sign off here on this fine, fine... I think this is our last April episode. If this... Yeah. Even... Coming out May. I don't I don't know the dates. <laughs> Nothing's real anymore. Right. Um... <laughs> well, big, I, I had so much fun this month with the movies we watched, the topics we covered, a lot of really cool stuff. So thank you all for staying with us. I've loved hearing you reach out on social media and hearing everyone's thoughts. That always makes my day. Um, And also, what else? Uh, Yeah, even though I'm slightly uh, dying and riding the struggle bus with my second vaccine, 
I wouldn't do it any different. I'd get it a hundred times, thousand times over again. And uh, yeah, even though it's a little bit painful, I think it is so worth it in the end. Yep. We're both vaxxed up, ready to roll. Summer's going to be fun. And I cannot wait for, uh, for more movies, for more entertainment, for more fun with everyone in the Old Soul fam. Please, please, please reach out to us on social media, Old Soul Movie Podcast on Instagram, Old Soul Pod on Twitter. If you would like to, we would greatly, greatly appreciate if you visited our Patreon, Old Soul Movie Podcast, and consider donating to help us support and keep up with the expenses of the show. Every kind of monetary donation is very much appreciated. And we would like to continue offering just more and more stuff for the dedicated Old Soul fam. And we're looking to explore different areas where we might be able to interact uh, and provide some sort of extra content for people that are really looking for it. Uh, we love seeing the the fam grow more and more countries by the week. And uh, it's just, it's getting really exciting for us. So can't wait to start diving into maybe some uh, some foreign movies, some foreign movies that are important in other cultures. And yeah, it's going to be really, really exciting stuff coming up. And until next time, folks, thank you again for stopping by. And we cannot wait to see you next time on the Old Soul Movie Podcast.